All right, wait. What episode is this? 80? 79. Uh, 79. Nice. Oh, it's almost, almost 80. Oh, shit. All right, cool. <laughs> cool. One, two, three. New Year! It's 2015 officially. Yes, Woo! yes. Old Lang Syne. Um, and this is the 79th episode of the Geek Rex Podcast. We'll keep this one fairly short, actually. So uh, for those of you who are taking a quick trip back to work, probably this will probably be around January 5th when this thing hits. Maybe just a little bit before. Uh, you'll be able to probably get this whole episode in between your commute. Hopefully, it's not too long. This week, we're talking about New Year's pop culture resolutions. Um, this will be a pretty personal episode for us, but uh, hopefully, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about something that's pretty interesting in each of our individual resolutions. I'm joined by Hannah. Hello. Harper. Hey. Cal. Hi. And me. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, everybody has a resolution that they uh, put out uh, during the course of the year. Most of them are related to fitness, I think. Uh, matter of fact, I think recently I saw someone put on Facebook that they went to the gym, got to the parking lot, saw the parking lot was full, turned around and went home. Oh, that was Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that that's the typical resolution. But for me... I like my resolutions to be more fun than running on a treadmill or working on a you know recumbent bike. I like mine to be related to things I watch, things I read, and the kind of stuff we talk about. And I know that's the case with pretty much everybody on this team. So this week, we're going to talk about what we plan to do for 2015, hopefully stick with it, maybe make some promises to ourselves and how we ingest pop culture, be it through film, television, comic books, video games, whatever. Um, there really is no limit here. So I'm very interested to learn what the pop culture resolutions are that we all hold for the coming year. It doesn't have to be one. It can be a couple because obviously our interests kind of range from all sorts of different types of media. So Harper, I'm going to start with you, man, because I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> uh, what what was your uh, what, what do you plan on doing for 2015? How do you plan on changing things, or are you going to stay the course? Well, uh, actually, I was thinking about the same same thing I thought about last year, which I, is not a good sign. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd really like to read more books. When I was uh, younger, I used to read a lot, a lot, a lot of books, tons, tons of stuff. But um, I think with my uh, comics habit growing more and more, I've read less and less just because I have this weekly stack of stuff to read all the time. And that, that sort of takes up a lot of my reading time. So I guess maybe part of that is uh, is stop reading comics I don't like is probably a part of that. I think that's a um, that's a, a regular comic readers resolution every year, maybe for a lot of people. We have a bad habit of reading things we don't like just because we want to stick with it to keep a run going or, or for whatever reason. So yeah, I would like to read less comics that I don't like and uh, kind of narrow that down to the stuff I really love. And I'd love to read more more books, nonfiction and fiction, because uh, I, I really love that, but I just haven't found the time to do it this past year very much. What was the last prose book you read, Harper? Uh, well, I've been reading this one forever. Uh, uh, it's a book called Mr. Peanut. Uh, and I don't remember the author off the top of my head. But it was funny. I didn't really know that much about it. I bought it a long time ago, but I just sort of picked it up randomly off my shelf to read uh, a while back. And uh, 
it was funny because I started reading it right around the time Gone Girl, and it's very, very similar. Um, it's sort of the poor man's Gone Girl, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I'm still working on that, which is sad. It's taken me forever to finish reading it. So it's not about the character, Mr. Peanut. Uh, no, it's uh, it's related, but not uh, not about that. No, that'd be maybe the most boring nonfiction book of all time. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could have been about the creation and the marketing, and it could have been very Mad Men-like. I, I, I find myself very interested in that. That sounds boring. Oh, fine. <laughs> you say that, but there's probably there was probably a war in South America over Mr. Peanut at some point. <laughs> probably. Harper, man, I, I think they missed the boat. But, uh, well, so, so do you have, like, any prose books, like, in mind that you want to pick up uh, for the coming year? Like, something that's really interested you in wanting to read more books? I mean, I have a, a shelf full of books that I, I had to make myself stop buying books because I was piling them on way faster than I could read them. Um, so I, I've got a giant backlog. Uh, nothing in particular that I can think of off the top of my head now. Um, although I did just get the... Um, the Gillian Flynn collection for Christmas uh, of those those three books, Gone Girl and uh, Sharp Objects, and I can't remember Sharp the places. third one. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to read those. That might be next on my list uh, if I can find some time in 2015. In fairness, Gone Girl read really fast for me. <laughs> I think her writing is that kind that you just kind of get it done in like one to two sittings. So cool. that'll help rack up some more books this year. Awesome. I don't think I've ever read a book in one to two sittings. I'm a slow reader. You are a slow reader. I'm really bad. Like, even when I'm invested in a book, it takes me forever to read prose. Um, so, man, I don't, I don't know if, you're, if you have a similar issue that, as I do, Harper. But uh, if there ain't pictures in it, it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Us, us comic readers have this problem, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. Um, so... It's, it's- Reading comics does seem to affect your attention span when it comes to prose. Uh, at least it did mine. I had to consciously try and get back into uh, reading a lot more prose a year or two ago, and it was weirdly, uh, it was weirdly difficult. Yeah, I mean, if it's more than twenty-two pages, I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, even like um, when there's like a like a prose bit in a comic, I find myself bored. Um, which is really sad. Like, uh, what is it? The back of those League of Extraordinary Gentlemen books, and mm-hmm. it, that might speak to just the writing itself on on those on those prose passages. But I try to read them, and I'm just thinking to myself, God, why why does it have the? Why can't they do this in word balloons <laughs> uh, in <and> dialogue? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, that, that's a very good one, Harper, and one I can I can kind of relate to actually. Uh, did did you have any others before we move on? Uh, I would I would like to see more independent movies. I saw a ton of movies this year, which was was great. But I'd like to see more uh, some less mainstream stuff because I always I always catch those on Netflix later and and really love them. But I'd love to watch those within the year so I can kind of be part of that conversation when it's going on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's so easy to get caught up in the uh, like the tentpole movies, mm-hmm. which kind of feel like for me that's what I felt like I watched mostly somehow. Like even though I know. There's a lot of Oscar movies with Oscar heat that we've seen together, Hannah. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I've seen a lot of blockbusters this year. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, we saw the superhero movies, obviously. Right, right. There's still some we skipped. We didn't see Transformers. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, bullet dodge. Yeah, we saw The Hobbit, and uh, yeah, yeah. That I mean, was mostly a completionist issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, it's just when I think back to the films I saw, the ones I remember 
more other than like the really standout great Oscar movies. You know, there's a lot of a lot of, you know, less uh, distributed cinema that I, I don't remember seeing at all. So, I mean, there's I still haven't seen the double yet or uh, um, Coherence or any of these movies that, uh, you know, have gotten a lot of buzz from earlier in the year. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, Harper. I think the online conversation tends to linger longer on blockbusters. Yeah. And, uh, so they're easier to remember because, I mean, you know, I go to The Dissolve or Badass Digest or something and they're still doing articles on like Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past was <laughs> awful. Yeah. And it's still, I remember it better than I remember some indie movies that I really like just because people are writing an article about it every damn month. <laughs> That's so true. I, I had to rewatch Locke so I could remember what happened in it. And it's about a guy in a car, you know? It's like I've forgotten like, pl- like plot passages because <laughs> it's just a movie I forgot about. And then uh, because of that just deluge of, uh, you know, Avengers movies and uh, Tom Cruise time travel movies. And, <laughs> and some of those movies are good. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, the conversation does not linger very well on the films that are actually of quality, I think. Um, or, you know, films that are smaller in scale, we'll say. Yeah. Um, and so, Hannah, I'm curious. What about yours? Okay, I have <clears> – <throat> sorry, I'm a little sick. I have two. One is kind of my behavior-based, and then the other one is about the stuff I watch. So the behavior-based one is I have this thing where if we rent a movie or we watch something on demand or we watch a TV show or whatever, I find myself giving it about 10 or 15 minutes before – if it's not completely grabbing my attention, I pull out my phone, and then I do this thing where for the rest of it, I half watch, half look on Facebook, look on Twitter, browse the web or whatever. So by the end of it, I'm left with this impression of like, well, I didn't really like it that much, but I can't tell you why because I wasn't super paying attention. And it's a really bad habit, and I think I need to get into the mindset of giving something my full attention to the point that I just can't stand it anymore and want to turn it off. Um, I don't think I ever turn anything off. I always let it finish. I just don't pay attention at a certain point. So my New Year's resolution is to stop that behavior and actually watch things. (laughs) And um, as far as what I watch goes, I feel like I have a pretty big blind spot when it comes to a lot of classic films. Um, Never seen Casablanca. There's a bunch of Scorsese movies I've never seen. So rather than constantly trying to catch up on everything that's new, I kind of want to go back and fill in some of those spaces on some of the, you know, greatest movies of all time lists. To, to your first point, um, that's a huge problem for me. I mean, yeah, we both do it. Yeah. There's do, movies, we'll, we'll be sitting there and neither of us are watching something and we'll have it on <laughs> for another hour and we'll both just be on our phones. I know. I honestly have had to start, uh, if, especially if I'm watching a foreign movie, um, I've started, I, I put my phone and I put my computer in just another room. It's a good idea. Uh, because otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's so tempting to check and it really does make it hard to get invested in a movie when you're only half paying attention. And so, yeah, sometime last year, I was just like, well, why am I doing this? And I don't want to be this addicted. Like, I started like leaving my phone at, at home when I went to work periodically just so that I could like get used to not checking it every five minutes. It's just a weird compulsion and it definitely ruins my ability to speak to a movie, which... You know, a lot of times, I would say at least half the time, it's because it's not a great movie or not a great show. But sometimes I get this feeling like it probably just got really good, but I wasn't paying enough attention to see that develop. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I um, 
with a foreign film, I can imagine it would be impossible to know what's going on if you're not paying attention, given that it's yeah. subtitled and you have to be looking at the screen at all times. I, I've sort of taken to like, uh, at least when I'm watching a movie by myself, you know, and I'm trying to like make sure I have no like self distractions. I just like cut the lights off now. And I used to not like doing that. Um, but I find my attention is much better. When it changes I, when the I, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. When when I reproduce the theater going experience a little bit, I end up enjoying the movies more, even if they're, you know, inherently flawed in whatever way. Um, it keeps me from being distracted by the things surrounding me. Um, and that's not a thing I used to do anymore. And maybe that's something to do with my attention span now. But. It's, a, it's a good idea because, you know, we'll see movies at home and you'll tell me I saw something and I'm like, oh, I saw that. I don't even remember sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm 100% more likely to remember something I saw in the theater because I'm giving it my full attention versus at home. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, the the, the classic example I bring up recently is that, um, and I, I mean, I hate to bring it up in the discussion of classics and stuff, but, we, you know, I've watched that Captain America movie three times. Times, mm-hmm. Right. I saw it in the theater and liked it a lot. I saw it on the airplane and didn't like it. I then watched it at home with the lights off and I liked it again for the third time. And for me, I think it's because I can, you know, I can recreate the big screen experience that way. And that makes a film more enveloping. It doesn't have to be a big screen action thing, though. That helps. Yeah. Um, even like quiet dramas, I think I would be more absorbed into them when I eliminate all other factors. And putting those phones in another room mm-hmm. is probably the first thing to doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, I, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Put my phone down. Uh, as far as classics go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You'll probably join me on some of those. Have you seen Casablanca? Yes. You have. Yeah, I saw Most people tell me it's not as great as you hear, but... And movies I saw as a kid, I'm kind of counting as I need to watch it again, too. Like Gone with the Wind, I saw that when I was a kid, but I don't really remember it. I've seen Gone with the Wind more times than I can count. <laughs> uh, my father used to make me watch Gone with the Wind all the time with him. That's another one. I'm going to make a list of at least like 10 or 15 that I really want to start with. Yeah. Um, I think if I... Uh, they, they, there's quite a few we could make. I mean, I never saw Citizen Kane until you showed it to me. So good. Yeah. It is yeah. good. Yeah, that's a stunning one that I have. I'm sad that I'm, I've missed out on for so many years. I told you. Yeah, that that in Vertigo, which Harper has a new shirt of, by the way. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite yeah. movie of all time. I love it. Oh, and I've never seen Psycho. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I just want to know which classic movies you guys haven't seen. That well, that, that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> So we can just list them off and then everybody else go, oh, my God. That would be the whole podcast. And yeah. then we do a follow-up where we watch them and we're all like, that's as I thought it would be. Like, a lot of times it isn't as good as you thought. Like, everyone's built it up. And then every so often you get one, like Citizen Kane, that you watch. You're just like, holy shit. Yeah. That was every bit as good as I was hoping it would be. Yeah, I mean that that that's a movie that's so ahead of its time. It's yeah, it's, it's a masterpiece uh, compared to like every other film that you ever like. I tried to watch The Big Sleep, you know, which is fine, but man, it's no Citizen Kane and how it's shot. I mean, it's not even close. Um, so yeah, that's that's maybe one day that's a topic we'll revisit. I'd be okay. very interested to find out where that goes. Yeah. Find out that Harper's never seen The Wizard of Oz or something. Hate uh, <laughs> The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Um, okay, okay, uh, Cal, how about you? Well, my my biggest one for this year is to try and create more. Last year, I especially in the back half of the year, I took a step back on on you know writing both 
for uh, fiction and for the you know various websites that I write for, such as Geek Rex. And um, I would really like to stop doing that. I think 2015. I'm 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 off to a pretty good start. I've got a I've got a couple of comics that should be coming out this year, but I really just want to keep pushing that forward. Uh, I, I feel like to go back to uh, who was it? Was it the the French New Wave critics who said the best way to criticize a movie is to make a movie? Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that about comics a little bit. Like I think my favorite act of comics criticism of the last decade, my single favorite like piece of comics criticism was Pax Americana and its criticism of Watchmen. And there's a degree to which I feel, even though I'm nowhere near good enough to be, you know, doing all that, if I don't start really pushing things forward, I'll never be good enough. So I, I think the big thing is uh, just write a whole hell of a lot more uh, fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it's, 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 it's hard to, to not avoid burnout, you know, when you're, uh, putting together writing in various forms. Um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes down to like reviewing film. Hannah and I talked about that to an extent. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Kyle, I feel like every time I review a movie, it takes a little bit away from my bank of being able to review a movie well because <laughs> I start feeling like I'm getting into old territory. Or digging up things or thoughts that I've had before, it becomes more difficult to become innovative with each review that you do. Yeah, I've I've, I've noticed that too with my own stuff, and um, so with my with my comics reviews, when I do a spotlight review on Egrex, uh, I actually changed the format recently to be much more long form than it was before, mm-hmm. and made every review into three mini sections that weren't. Like there's there's nothing that I have to discuss in each mini section of the review. Just I want to split it into a few different sections to make sure to force myself to try and find different things to talk about. Because there was a period uh, like a year ago when I definitely could feel myself slipping into uh, I don't feel it felt repetitive a lot of the times. Like I didn't have anything new to say, and so I'm kind of trying to force that out. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I find that too because I, I don't necessarily use like a, a strict template, but I find myself writing in the same format a lot of the time, and so I, I try when I'm doing new reviews and stuff um, to kind of force myself out of that and switch, you know, switch up the sections. Or if I kind of write out an outline that I come up with, just kind of almost randomly uh, switch them around just to force myself to write it in a different way than I normally would. But yeah, it's kind of tough to keep it keep it fresh and not say the same stuff over and over again, especially about a a movie or a book or something that you really like. It's easy to just kind of fall into the same uh, superlatives. It's hard. It's also hard not to repeat the conversation that's already happening about a movie or something. Mm -hmm. So like what we've been doing recently is if a movie's already been out at the point that we've been reviewing it and the conversation is like pretty much what we have to say, we'll just do quick takes because it boils down to the point of the movie without you know, creating a thousand word essay that repeats everything that critics have already said, basically. Yeah. I mean, our trip out of town kind of helped with that too, because while we were out of town, <laughs> we you were know, behind like, yeah, the imitation game came out. Fox catcher came out to here anyway. And, um, what else came out? Wild came out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we, there really wasn't, there's not, it, it kind of feels like there's so little to add right? because there's already so much has already been said. It's always, it's always this first or best argument that Cal and I, I think talked about before or somebody and I talked about before. I can't recall who it was. Um, and 
you know, do you want to be the guy that goes first? I put out my review first and you get the traffic for it. Or do you want to sit back and, you know, let things kind of ruminate for a while and write the best possible piece you can. And that's really what's going to last anyway. I mean, for, you know, that front end traffic really doesn't matter in comparison to the end quality of your piece. And if you don't feel like you can necessarily, you know, put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, why, 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 why waste the energy? You know what I mean? It, it comes down to, let me just give you a short take on everything. And uh, this is basically the opinion of how it is anyway. You'd be surprised how many uh these writers that write for like the Philadelphia Inquirer and, and um, you know, various news publications that uh, still get circulation. I think their reviews are down to what, two paragraphs. Yeah. yeah I mean, sometimes short's better. Yeah, I think the plain dealer in Cleveland's down to one paragraph, and Cow. it's uniformly an awful paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible to get a review in that's a paragraph long, and it still be good. Oh, it's 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 definitely possible. <laughs> Probably more I have to say this this conversation really really makes me appreciate uh, Roger Ebert's writing all the more because it's hard to be enthusiastic about things, and I know everyone remembers his put downs. But when he loved a movie, he could write so eloquently about it. Mm -hmm. And I always struggled. uh, I always struggled to write about something I love without coming across like a, just like a fanboy. And uh, there are some writers who are just very, very good at being enthusiastic. Yeah, he was definitely one of them. Yeah. As, as, as one of the world's biggest cynics, uh, yeah, I, I tell you, it's very hard to write something enthusiastically. <laughs> it is. It's difficult. It's much easier to write a negative review. Yeah. It, but, it's yeah. Le- but it's also less fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless it's a I really bad movie. Things. I hate hating things. Like, it's easy to write a negative review, and then I'm just like, well, but why am I wasting my time on this? Yeah. It, it, it's for the greater good is what it is. You know, it's like, no, you don't want to go see the Hobbit three or you, you really don't want to go see, um, I don't know, something else, the theory of everything. Uh, see, I think the really good and the really bad movies are the fun ones to review where I have problems are the ones that are like, it was okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the worst. That's super hard for me. <laughs> yeah, I think you've had a couple of recent ones like that, right, Harper? Yeah, well, Theory of Everything was one of those, actually, that I I, I wasn't crazy about, but I didn't hate. So it wasn't, uh, it, that was tough to kind of pull something out that, like, pull a coherent message as to why I've kind of felt right in the middle with it. So, yeah, that's really difficult for me to do. And I have that problem with trying to review TV all the time, because it's, it's rare that I feel really strongly one way or the other about a TV show. You know, that the, the biggest challenge I think we had a couple of years ago was when poor Hannah had to write about every episode of Parks and Recreation. Oh, I couldn't do it. It was like, it's too hard to write about something that small and turn it into a really long review. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how, like, you know, the folks at the AV Club pull that off, honestly. That that that, that blew, blew my mind. I mean, how, how do you have something new to say about Parks and Recreation? Well, honestly, half of it is just regurgitating the plot. And yeah. I try to avoid summarizing episodes or summarizing movies i feel like there are summaries for that you know and i think you have to do that if you're going to review a tv show that's 20 minutes long or whatever you have to spend half your time just summarizing the events of the episode yeah 
Yeah, T- television reviews are some of the most difficult things, I think. Uh, Reviewing seasons yeah. is a little easier, or premieres, or finales. Yeah, well, as I look at six, seven more episodes of Mad Men about to you well, know, encroach upon my door. Mad Men's a different animal. Fuck me. That, I think the last time I wrote a review of Mad Men, it was 13 paragraphs I long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that is a daunting task every year. I'm glad it's almost over. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same thing with comics. I mean, if we do a spotlight review, it's almost always an issue one Mm -hmm. because it's easy to write about an issue one, but I've tried to do like every, every issue of a series reviews and there's just not, it's like 22 minute TV shows, you know, it's 22 pages and you're just like most of, you really start to realize most creators just don't put really any meat in the, in the comics anymore. It's just like if if it's 20 pages and six pages of that is a fight scene what the fuck am i writing about yeah yeah <laughs> you're about artistic quality at that point you know it's about what the penciler is doing yeah. and and it kind of goes from there um yeah it's decompression in comics baby it's a killer <laughs> cal uh did you have a, another uh re- resolution for the year no fuck everything this is all about me <laughs> <laughs> fair deal Fair deal. All right. So I've only, I've got two that I'll, I'll, I'll focus on. I think I, I did have a third one, but I think it kind of has already been dovetailed here. So the first one for me, you know, I used to be a musician, right? Uh, for those who don't know, uh, that I used to like be in a band and we tour a little bit and we, we made an album and, uh, you know, Harper kind of can re- relate to that. I mm-hmm. mean, he was in a band too, you know? Um, so we kind of had like this, uh, I used to have this passion for music and, uh, I used to listen to a lot of albums. I used to listen to albums the way I watch movies. And I used to listen to albums the way I read comics weekly, you know? Um, and that's something that I am like totally out of touch with now. I don't know anything about music anymore. I don't know who the good bands are. Uh, I mean, I, I listened to TV on the radio for the first time, like last week. Um, that's how out of touch I am with music. So I, I want to get back into that. Like I want to go through like, you know, a top 20 list of albums from this past year. And I just want to listen to all of them and, you know, kind of just rediscover um, what it is I really dug, you know, about rock music and hip hop and stuff. And reading Hip Hop Family Tree, that Ed Piscor comic kind of helped me, helped me in that regard too, because I just, I reminded me the power that like really good, meaningful, socially conscious music can have. And I, uh, so I want to go back and do that again. So I want to get back into music and Spotify is awesome. So I <laughs> or can... awful, depending on who you ask. That's true. It, it probably is pretty awful awesome for, the... for us. Awesome yeah. for us, the consumer. <laughs> and it's not going away anytime soon, you know, unless you're a big Taylor Swift fan, which there are many, of course. And I, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do that again. I'm going to, you know, you try and I'm going to find a new favorite band to love. Um, which is something I just don't have right now. If somebody asked me, Kyle, who's your favorite your favorite band? I would say, I don't know. Daft Punk? <laughs> you know? Uh, the National, I guess, maybe? But, you know, I haven't to a National record in like a couple, like a year, maybe. So I have no idea. So that's going to be one of my big, big focal points. So if you guys have any good suggestions, let me know. We'll do. I listen to a ton of music, but it's it's mostly all older stuff. I don't listen to a whole lot of current stuff. I listen to a lot of indie hip hop. Um, 
I actually really uh, thought I didn't much like music beyond a couple like, uh, you know, I think growing up, growing up nerdy in Ohio, I was morally obligated to love They Might Be Giants. But um, uh, when I moved to Atlanta and everyone listened to uh, hip hop, I, I got really into a few acts. Still one of the best shows I've ever been to was a, a Doom Tree. Uh, in Atlanta. And uh, so, yeah, I'm happy to suggest so. And uh, have you ever read any of the 33 and a third books? No, I haven't. Basically just a bunch of short books that are uh, each one is book length, well, short book, but book length criticism of a single famous album. So that can be a fun thing. That can be a fun thing as you start getting back into it as looking back at some of your old favorites through that. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I know John Darnielle, who uh, is, like, the frontman for the Mountain Goats. He wrote one for uh, the Black Sabbath album Master of Reality, right? I've never read it, but I, I was aware of it because I, um, I have some interest in reading his book, Wolf and White Van. And um, that and that came up in one of the reviews. So I, that that kind of struck me with, oh, I, I, that that's something that's worth checking out for, like, classic albums. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm open to anything, really. Uh, um, I mean, when I was going through Spotify this past week, you know, trying to develop uh, a playlist for my long flight back from England, I, uh, I was like, well, I got a lot of Mike Patton songs. Um, that's because that's like something I'd listened to a ton when I was like in college. <laughs> but after that, I was like, what else do I get? And so that's why I was like going back and picking up old 70s, like post-punk stuff like the Talking Heads and um, Wire and uh, a number of other acts that I've always been kind of curious about, but they were always these giant blind spots to, to like my listening. So yeah, I'm going to try to continue to blow that up. Um, and, and it helps that I've got, uh, Hannah's cousin has got trying to get me back into music <laughs> yeah. too. So he gave me a Libertines album to listen to. So that'll be fun to check out, uh, for like my Brit rock, uh, experience. But yeah, so that's, that's one of my resolutions. Uh, my other resolution for this coming year is that I plan on dropping out of superhero comics altogether. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call it a day on this stuff. And I, with the exception of maybe like this new Hawkeye book that Lemire's doing, I want to try that. But otherwise, man, I, I'm just not into it. And there's, there are a number of, really great independent comics out there that tell complete, wonderful thought provoking stories. Like we talked about it in the Rexies that how to be happy Eleanor Davis graphic novel, uh, the love bunglers by Jaime Hernandez, uh, the recent Brian, Brian Lee O'Malley book seconds about a restaurant. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I would like to read more of stuff that sort of approximates my, my film taste a little bit versus, you know, I mean, if, if I read nothing but superhero comics, it'd be like watching nothing but superhero movies and television all the time. And I know people that do that, but I just, that's not me. So, um, yeah, that I, I think within the next like month and a half, two months, once multiversity is over, I'm just going to call it a day. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's, I've, I've done that before. I, I ended up coming back, I think, because of books like Hawkeye, but I still, I, I just, I read by creator exclusively now. Like if a fraction wants to do something with superheroes, I'll give it a shot. If, you know, Scott Lobdell wants 
to do something with superheroes, I don't give a shit. I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with that, Harper. I mean, I, I know that you're like you're a bigger superhero fan than I am, right? I well, mean, I mean, I guess I am, but uh, I see. I find myself reading more and more indie stuff too. I mean, I guess mostly image stuff we, we, since we talk about it all the time. But um, you know, as a, a obsessive collector my problem is just sticking with something like i mentioned earlier sticking with something that i'm not really that crazy about just because you know of this great run in the past like for example uh batwoman that i'm I'm actually finally dropping but you know that's a book that i loved to death in the past with different creators and then uh kind of stuck with it even though it was like eh, it's okay and then i stuck with it even though that it's i don't like it at all uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a bad habit of, I think probably a lot of comic collectors is definitely one that I have. So, I mean, I read a lot of other stuff outside of superheroes, but I stick with the superhero stuff just cause it's kind of, you know, where I, where I kind of came from, but yeah, I could definitely see myself reading a lot less this year too. I've gotten definitely less interested in a lot of it this past year. Oh, and to pivot off your clutter comment, mm-hmm. um, Hannah's going to love this. One of my resolutions are, is to get rid of some of this stuff. Um, it's like I'm drowning in just stuff and I'm tired of that. You know, it's like, it's, and it's more, it's not so much my graphic novel library on my shelf. It's more these single issues that are Mm -hmm. cluttered in the closet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what am I going to do with any of this shit? I'm not going to sell it. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to, uh, you know, make a fortune off of it. So why do I have it? I'm not going to reread it because I have it in trade already. The stuff I like. So I'm going to maybe find a way to donate it. Um, to like, you know, soldiers or to kids or whatever, just to get it out of here. Um, that's Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that, that is priority, uh, number one for sure. Um, it's just, there's just no point, man. I, I, I gotta, I gotta get the junk out of my life. It's gotta happen. And this is the year it's gonna happen, I think. Um, well, that's, that's the end of our 2015 talk. So, uh, coming up this month, we've got a lot of exciting, uh, podcast topics including, and I think we should probably let everybody know, by the end of this month, we're going to have our first ever Geek Rex Comic Club discussion um, where we discuss one particular graphic novel in depth in a book club style setting amongst our team. Uh, and that includes everybody on our team. So that's pretty, pretty great. Um, He's like, he means me. I mean, I Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hannah. But this is good. This is a good one. And we're, the first thing we're going to read is the uh, first collection from Gotham Central. Uh, I think it's uh, volume one in the line of duty. Is that right, Cal? Uh, yeah, although it's weird because comics are recollected constantly. Uh, it's basically issues one through ten. Okay. If you buy the new collections, that's volume one. If you have the old collections, as I do, then it's volumes one and two. Got uh, it. Yeah, uh, that they they recollect uh, the old ones are out of print, so it was hard to say just one volume. So I just went with the new first volume, <laughs> and so uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll discuss that uh, within the the next few weeks. You'll probably see it by our fourth week podcast here in January, and also I imagine in the meantime, I think because I think Cal should be getting this by the ninth. Hopefully, I understand you get Inherent Vice and Selma soon. Is that is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. 
So perhaps that might be something that we can all talk about once uh, once Cal gets it, because we'll be seeing Inherent Vice next week. And then uh, we'll also be having our uh, Rexies for Film. So it's going to be a crazy busy month to uh, discuss uh, you know a number of great topics. Uh, so stick with us in January, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful start to your 2015. Bye-bye. <laughs>